2: And everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3
1: Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. It's Thursday morning, a time that has been uh, a standing date for us here at the Cover 3 Podcast throughout the 2019 and now 2020 college football season because it's when we get together uh, to come and battle For the the locks supremacy. We appreciate all of you who have listened. And if this is the first time that you're listening to the cover three podcast, I realize that you cannot win any money by going back and listening to previous locks, but they're still probably a good listen and you should subscribe so that you can uh, be getting all of these winners uh, as they hit on Thursdays into the 2020 season. Gentlemen, um, how are we feeling? is Is everybody is everybody getting over getting over our, our illnesses? We're kicking our bugs. We're we're doing all right. We're ready for this championship.
2: I'm wonderful.
3: Jim, what, is, what what? what <laughs> yeah. What uh, What sort of regiment and diet have you been on, Chip, to to avoid the bugs that have have caught Tom and myself? You've been you've been drinking your juices or Your green lifestyle. What's going on in your world?
0: A lot of a lot of early bedtimes. um, Just sort of quarantining myself from anybody else. Just anything. There, honestly, there has been a little bit of a like. I I got the whole you know bowl season to Christmas season to New Year's to New Year's Eve to New Year's Day and. Man, I woke up, and I was like, man, and I'm about to go to New Orleans, so I have been in just sort of like a full-body, like, cleanse so that I didn't just show up to uh, the Crescent City hurting from the get-go. So it's been a little bit of a, you know, trying championship mentality preparation.
3: Wait, are you going to New Orleans? I am. Nice. Who's, who else is going? You and uh, Barrett?
0: And uh, Dennis and
3: Danny Cannell. Nice. So, That'd be good. It's when, when are you rolling down there?
0: Friday. All
2: right. Barton and I are going to Buffalo Wild Wings.
0: <laughs> we, well, I mean, as long as uh, as long as Buffalo Wild Wings has a, a spot for y'all to set up headsets and mixers, because uh, just just like last year, I'll be looking for the losers' coaches box because you know it's going to be empty early, and that's where <laughs> I'll post up to try and uh, record our instant reaction from the Superdome. So,
3: well, it, the the uh, Nashville is the home of this year of the, uh, college football national coaches convention. And it's, uh, it kicks off this weekend. So I'm just hoping I kick this flu by then. And I'm sort of half hoping that you guys have got all the HQ duties covered on site so that, uh, I can just be, uh, socializing, uh, that night with, coaches while the game's going on instead of posted up in my in my coat and tie ready for the hq hits
0: i i cannot speak to the booking you know that we, there are there are powers much greater than any of us here that dictate those but uh i, I have i have seen the hq schedule we are going to be having wall-to-wall coverage uh morning to night, from everything uh friday on site Saturday we'll have media day in the morning more recap in the afternoon Sunday we've got some press conferences in the morning uh, sort of last minute breakdown stuff in the afternoon and then of course on Monday we'll be uh, we'll be at the stadium so it's uh, it'll, it'll be a it'll be an exciting time as, a, as we count down to this game. okay so this is our final locks uh, podcast of this college football season. We'll start by just a, a basic recap of our last uh, our last run of bowl games the winner of the bowl locks volume three was me a five and two record uh the winner the winners were arizona state <laughs> Na- navy minus two and a half alabama minus seven oregon plus three and under 56 and two lanes southern miss the lo- the losses were tennessee minus one and a half they won by one and utah minus seven they lost by a whole bunch that is five and two for the episode, and fifteen and nine for the entire bowl season. I mean, I just I gotta thank, uh, you know, I I gotta thank the the psychology professors who <laughs> saw me in class like one out of every three classes and uh, and say this this one's for the people. <laughs> Next place, uh, Barton had a really good week for uh bowl locks volume three it was six and two so he actually won it uh arizona state that was a lock agreement win with me kentucky plus three what a win for uh for lynn bowden and the wildcats storming back against virginia tech the under 52 and a half in kansas state navy thrilling game and uh and and one that involved a whole lot of running the dang ball so that was spot on alabama minus seven that of course being a uh, a lock agreement win and Indiana plus one and a half Barton you get the lock fight win against me Indiana loses excuse me by one the and over fifty four and a half in Texas Utah the Longhorns do their job to get you that win to get you that lock over. Baylor plus six ends up being a loss against the dogs and Oregon and Wisconsin minus two and a half against Oregon ends up being a loss six and two for the week. Perfect. Five hundred eleven and eleven on the for for the bowl season. Any uh, any thoughts?
3: Just a big last week to get respectable. You know, um, please, please. The way we finished
0: five and nine going in eleven and eleven to uh, to finish Tom. No need. (laughs) any i mean we we don't need to to run it through actually yeah we do need to run it through <laughs> i i i sat here and i read off so many bad weeks during the regular season for myself yeah we're reading this suit all right under 54 arizona state florida state that was a win and all bear basically never in doubt over 45 and a half in kentucky virginia tech that was a win uh belk bowl principal overs remain intact Oregon plus three I was with you there Tom as the Ducks get it done in the Rose Bowl and Tulane minus seven Uh, not quite never in doubt but man they were in control for most of that game losses Utah minus seven Kansas State plus two and a half Tennessee minus one and a half and the under 53 and a half in Auburn Minnesota four and four for the week eight and 13 for the bowl season any final. Yep. <laughs> yes. uh, uh,
3: darn it, Tennessee. Uh <laughs> I, if there's one thing, if there's one lesson learned here, Tom, they say you never take a mid tier SEC team against a mid tier <laughs> Big Ten team. <laughs> they won, though. They just did.
2: It, like, I was four and four. Tennessee won by one. I had them at minus one and a half. Kansas State lost by three. I had them at plus two and a half. So, you know. Couple couple pretty close calls there away from being six and two instead of four and
1: four.
0: Yeah. I mean it's 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 why you maybe I think that maybe the randomness of bowl season might be the only thing that helps me. It's just like it's it's taken just enough skill out of the equation that it's a level playing field and, and i'm ready to get back in there there's no way for me to outthink myself like i do in the regular season because it's just uh it's basically like playing roulette anyway it's
3: just, it's just non. it's all nonsense it is
0: nonsensical and we love it uh every single bit of it all right well for the final time in the uh let's see where's the new picture all right final time in the 2019 2020 season y'all ready to lock it up
2: yep
3: Locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming
2: since 2005 when service academies. let
0: get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. The
3: under is 33.9 We've gone over a million times. You want these locks? I'm, I'm I'm living and dying every every point every cover.
0: Now we've got a lot to do here. Uh, we've got some props that'll be coming up a little bit later in the show. We have the the game picks themselves. So I guess I would like to start with, um, like, uh, let's start with your starting point. Like as you're coming into this game, we're picking it at LSU minus five and a half. The over under at sixty nine and a half. Kickoff, of course, a Monday evening, eight p.m. Eastern time from the Superdome. Um, Barton, like, as where where do you start? cutting into uh, this fine piece of meat that seems to be just an incredibly, incredibly enticing national championship game?
3: Well, I I don't know, man. I mean, I think the thing that I'm most interested in going into the game is Brent Venables and just what can he dial up for LSU. I mean, this is an LSU offense that just hasn't been even slowed. Like, they, they haven't hit a speed bump all year long. They, they, I mean, even the games that they've been limited from a point standpoint, they've, they've not been limited from a yards per play standpoint. Like they just, they've been unreal. Joe Burrow has been, this is the best season that any quarterback has ever produced that I've ever seen, uh, in college. And so I think it's just going to be fascinating how Clemson attacks them because, uh, that is one thing that Brent Venables, I think, is capable of, is is just giving you some really funky looks, um, and and changing things mid play, pre snap, and 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 creating some challenges that I, I don't think LSU has had to deal with to this point. Uh, even with that said, I mean, I think LSU's going to get theirs, but that's that's that that's ultimately what I'm most anxious to see because I, I think that ultimately Clemson will be able to score some points uh I think LSU will get his big plays but I, I you know the the difference in this game is can can Brent Venable sort of level the playing field a little bit and uh uh I, I think he's capable of it I uh but uh I'm, I'm anxious to see how he tries
0: what
2: about you Tom yeah no I'm, I'm pretty much in the same place I do think that Whatever is going to determine this game, it's going to be how well Clemson's defense plays in this game. Or if, you know, how many stops can you get without giving up points? Maybe how many turnovers might you be able to force against a team that really doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot? Because I do think that, like Barton just said, I think Clemson's going to get points. I don't think it's going to, you know, get everything it wants as easily as it wants, because as we saw last week, you know, or hell, was it 10 days ago now? as yeah. we record this when they actually played the last round? That's one thing. Just side note I hate this layoff between the games. But, anyways, back to the topic. I think that we saw against a good defense in Ohio State, you know, Clemson's offense got some things taken away from it. And I think if you look at LSU, the one area where I would say that its defense is similar to Ohio State's is in the secondary. And I think that that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch is what LSU secondary full of NFL players like Ohio State secondary will be able to do against Clemson's receivers and whether they could take them out of the game, not maybe literally as they were dealing with injuries against Ohio State, but just limit the big plays and what they can do moving the ball down the field. And if Trevor Lawrence, you know, he we knew he was mobile all season long simply because Clemson had been using him more as a runner, but not really to the extent that we saw against Ohio State so now that they've kind of played that card is LSU preparing for it and maybe is there a counterpunch to that where they're not really going to do it at all and just kind of go you know back to being what last year's offense was so it's there's a lot of interesting things and wrinkles that I think we're going to see that each team's been using in the uh, seven months between games to prepare for the title game. And I, I do think that, you know, it's it sounds so cliche in a way, but I do think that both of these defenses and how well they'll be able to do, not stopping, because nobody's stopping either of these offenses, but at least slowing them down and forcing stops. I mean, I feel like there's a good chance that, aside from the turnover battle, whichever team forces the most punts is probably going to win this game.
0: I would not be surprised if LSU wins that uh, LSU defensive backs against Clemson's wide receivers because what this wide receiver crew is missing for Clemson, and it was something that we discussed a little bit at the beginning of the season when we were trying to wonder, you know, what's what's going on with Clemson's offense. Trevor Lawrence has thrown a lot of interceptions. You know what? You know what? What are the pieces to this? And one of the things that was identified really early on is that you know the the underneath wide receiver. There's no Hunter Renfro. Uh, there's no Jordan Leggett at at tight end. Like they've got DJ Chark, but he doesn't actually. Uh, not DJ Chark. DJ Chalk. He doesn't actually become uh, as much of a a. Maybe it's JC Chalk. Goodness gracious. Uh, he doesn't become as much of a factor in this. Offense. He hasn't played as many snaps and I think that because of LSU's like because it's Derek Stingley Jr because it's Christian Fulton because uh, it's Grant Delpit like I just I really think that they are going to LSU is going to feel very comfortable not having to uh, commit a lot of extra attention to these wide receivers on the outside Justin Ross and T Higgins and you know when you get to DeAndre Overton, I think that's a big step down, and that's where you you sort of like okay, well you know if this piece isn't going to be like quite there, and I do think that like, T Higgins especially and, and Justin Ross certainly to uh, also they are going to give you a couple of catches per game that are just going to be ridiculous. They're just like there are so few wide receivers that can make those catches except for a T Higgins or a Justin Ross, but are those going to be Touchdown catches, or are they just going to be like a 18-yard gain? And so for Clemson, it becomes so so crucial, in my opinion, that they establish the ground game and they get Travis Etienne going. They use Trevor Lawrence in the running game. Maybe you know they use uh they u- use Travis Etienne in the passing game, as we saw in the what ended up being one of the winning plays against Ohio State. Um, you know, Amari Rogers, they've. Like, his recovery is incredible, but I do think that this season I haven't uh, – there there have been less plays of that kind of explosiveness and real game-changing ability. Like, this would be a fantastic time for that to show up because as I'm breaking this down – and, y'all, I'm, obviously I'm with you that Brent, can Brent Venables stop one of the greatest offenses and one of the greatest quarterback performances of all time? That's there. But I I think that my starting point for Clemson's offense against LSU's defense is that LSU's defense might win when it comes to the passing game, therefore putting so much importance on Clemson's offensive line, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, for them to figure out ways to move the ball down the field that are not just trying to take shots to Higgins or Ross.
2: Yeah, t- well, to make you feel better, Chip, when you were messing up J.C. Chalk's name, I would just like to go through some of the names of Clemson offensive skill players. There's J.C. Chalk, there's T.J. Chase, there's J.L. Banks, and then there's Lynn J. <laughs> J. Dixon. So they right. all have J's, and right. it's easy to get them confused. <laughs> uh,
3: the, so the thing with with Clemson, and you know, when, when I think about Clemson offensively and, and maybe some of the teams that have tested – LSU's defense more so than others. Like, I just, uh, Chip, you and I were both there at, at Austin when uh, when Texas put up 38 on them and Christian Fulton was mistiming jumps and, uh, you know, what's his name? Brennan Eagles was streaking down the sideline all night long and, like, Sam Ellinger was having success down, downfield. And this is the best downfield passing game in the country, maybe, in terms of just... Jump ball 50 50s to the perimeter. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Derek Stingley's really good on that side of the things. Uh, I think Christian Fulton's not as good, but it's still obviously a you know, high round draft pick type of guy. I think there's some vulnerability in the middle with this LSU team. I think there's some ways that Clemson can stress you to this LSU team that is, that is I don't know, works well. Um, to, to exploit some of LSU's weaknesses, maybe defensively. Um, but I, I think Clemson and Dabo Sweeney and, and Tony Elliott and those guys are smart enough to understand that this game is going to really be about, I think, possessing the football, shortening it, um, getting a bunch of first downs. I, I, I would not be surprised if we see – a very similar game plan to what we saw against Ohio state where Clemson just really leans on Trevor Lawrence running the ball a lot. Um, leans on trying to possess the ball, keep it out of Joe Burrow's hands. And then they're going to take their shots and they're going to take the, some play action shots downfield. But, um, I think Clemson is going to try to play for that middle eight, you know, try to play for the last four of the first half, first four of the second half. And, and be really smart in terms of time possession when they attack and when they bleed clock and, 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 and really just try to out-coach Ed Orgeron from a game management standpoint.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and, and we'll, do, uh, we'll do locks and some of the more specific picks a little bit later and sort of total it up. But at LSU minus 5.5 and, and an over-under of 69.5, Tom, I'll give you first crack at this. What are you locking up?
2: Well, do you want my 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 thoughtful, analytical, logical lock, or do you want my heart lock?
0: Uh, are they different locks? You can. Got, you cannot submit I'm, competing tickets and hope for a middle. You cannot no, lose no, the juice.
3: They're different locks. I've got one for both the spread and the total. Okay. I, oh. Okay. okay. I, yeah. So it's not just you're not. Yeah. You're not going to say a Tom Hart lock and then here's a Tom Mind lock and and. Like Clemson, one on one's Clemson, one's LSU. Yeah, <laughs> I would do that if I could.
0: All right. Let's. No, I, uh, I, I, whichever one. I'll
2: take one. LSU minus five and a half. Okay. And it's, I mean, if you look like all the analytics and all that kind of stuff, these two teams are, you know, generally even. Like some metrics prefer LSU, some prefer Clemson, no matter which one prefers who, neither prefers one over the other by much. You know, they're very close in all of it. So if you're using the math and all that kind of stuff, then yeah. You would take Clemson you're getting, you know, five and a half points, cl- creeping in on a touchdown. You would fade the public, which has very heavily been in on LSU. But then you got to consider where the game's being played in the Superdome in New Orleans. I know it's a neutral site and Clemson's going to get its share of tickets, but let's be real. This is a, you know, de facto LSU home game. That's going to be a pro LSU crowd. There will be Clemson pockets, but it's mostly going to be LSU. And I think that does play a role in the game and then also like what's the story of this college football season been oh lsu's
0: offense and joe burrow specifically
2: yeah lsu has been the story of this football season and if we just look at it from that angle does lsu end up not winning the national title after everything that has happened I feel like this is, you know, I've mentioned it before. They just, they're a team of destiny in a weird way. And I know it's, Clemson's awesome. Clemson is amazing. It's just LSU has gone up against other awesome and amazing teams. And it has just breezed by them for the most part. Whereas Clemson, the first real test it had all season long was, you know, eight months ago during the semifinals when it played Ohio State. And it, you know, squeezed by. And it covered, of course, it was an underdog. but And it's an underdog here again. It's just... I don't know if they can squeeze by LSU this time. And I'm taking LSU to win. And considering the way that LSU plays, if I'm taking them to win, I'm going to take them to cover too. Just simply because I think that Clemson's secondary, defensively, I don't know if they're going to be able to rein in the LSU offense for 60 minutes. I think they're going to do a decent job. I think they're going to do a better job than most. I just do don't see a defense out there that's going that is capable of stopping LSU often enough to beat them this year. It's one of those weird cases where, you know, defense, quote unquote, wins championships where it's really defense gets you to the championship. But it's offense is what wins you titles now you, you get there and it's LSU is just clearly offensively better than everybody now they they might not even have the best quarterback in the matchup if we think long-term you know possible future NFL careers I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a better quarterback than Joe Burrow but right now at the college level with all the weapons around them Joe Burrow's been the better quarterback LSU's been the better offense its defense is not as good as Clemson's but their offense is so good that I really don't think it matters all that much in this matchup lock up LSU minus five and a half
0: Uh, okay. So let's, let's keep it here right on the spread before we get to total then Barton. What's your, do you have a spread lock?
3: Um, I'm right there with Tom. I, I think, I think, I think LSU is going to win by six points. So give me it at five and a half. Yep. I'll take it. Um, I think like Tom said, I think that this is. If I'm picking LSU to win, then it's okay to be laying five and a half points. You know, it, because this this is a game that could be played in increments of seven. You know, I mean, this is a game that is. I mean, the style in which LSU plays, if it's if it's going to win, there's a pretty good chance it's going to win by a touchdown or more. Um, and so, I think that. Now, granted, like there's a chance Clemson wins. There's a chance Clemson loses by by less than five and a half. So, I don't know. Maybe the odds tell you to, to, to take the points when these teams are as closely matched as I, th- as I think they are. But I just the way I see this game playing out is I think it's going to be a close game that goes down to the fourth quarter. But LSU will be a full touchdown ahead by the by the time the game's over. Um, but I'll, it boils down to me is just the confidence. The, the confidence this team's played with all year long, the, the demeanor it's shown, the, the grit from his quarterback, the confidence from his head coach. Like, it's just a I, – I mean, this is – I don't know, like, how uh, – you know, Vegas might not – might frown on this as, like, a, a, a way of pro- projecting a winner, but, like, they sure feel like a team of destiny. Like, they just really do. And you know, if, if there's one thing to be, well, I'll say that for the total conversation, I, I just think that this is LSU's year, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in their way.
1: Fight, fight, fight!
3: fight oh, here comes the ACC, fight. ACC oh. guy, ACC guy. What's up, ACC guy? I think
0: there are coaching. In intangible advantages for LSU, I and, th- and they are linked for part of it. Number one, I don't know that the home field advantage. I think that around New Orleans. It is. It is going to seem like this is just LSU's moment, and there might be something to be said, you know, for your your team of destiny, the hottest team in the country, the team that can't be stopped, and and a whole state. I mean, let's let's throw back to all the times that we've talked about uh, all the high schools that have purple and gold, and all the high schools that are tigers in the state of Louisiana. I mean, there is nothing. Uh, there is. N- Nothing like it, especially when you consider that they've got NFL and they've got NBA and still if you asked uh, New Orleans residents or people in the state of Louisiana, they would probably choose the Tigers over the Saints and it helps probably that the Saints are also out. But I I think that there might be um, an element where Clemson comes in as a little bit – with a little bit less pressure, a little bit looser and a little bit freer – not playing with that um, every single family member's hitting you up for tickets. Everyone's hyped. It is extending to all your circles of friends and, and all of your circles of family where this is something that everyone's trying to get to and everyone's trying to be a part of and everyone wants, especially the way that Cocho, And this isn't a bad thing because it's absolutely great for program building, but he does a, a big part of letting a lot of people in. Like you go to the team hotel where LSU stay in and it's, it is not a closed... Uh, it is not a closed community. He invites in uh, a lot of people to come get, get a taste of what this ride and what this journey is feeling like. And I just think that that is going to be the uh, a very opposite to a Clemson program that the last time it was in new Orleans admitted they didn't have the right game plan. You know, they, the, the players, I remember talking to Dexter Lawrence before last year's college football playoff he said, we, we didn't have the right mindset last time we were in New Orleans. We let New Orleans get the best of us. You know, we were uh, all caught up in the, the pomp and the circumstance and everything else. I am I, expecting to find a much more insulated Clemson program versus uh, an LSU team that is very much going to feel the, the weight and the power in ways good and bad of playing for the entire state of Louisiana and the national championship game in New Orleans. So I, I go advantage Clemson there. And then I say coaching advantage, not necessarily specifically from X's and O's, but just that there is, and I've said this a lot, there is no coaching staff in the country that better understands how to succeed with a 15 game schedule with these long layoffs, with the start and stop of everything else than Dabo Sweeney and, and the rest of this staff. And those two things combined together to kind of have me thinking like, cause that's where I start. And then you introduced to me that LSU is a very heavy public side, you know, and then, then I go back and I look at last year's uh, pregame write-ups where Alabama was a 5-point favorite and everyone's saying no one can stop Tua and these wide receivers and Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs. Like this Alabama flying death machine is destined to to go and win the national championship and and then it didn't happen. And I just think that there is if this game is close in the fourth quarter. If Barton as you mentioned, Clemson is able to win the middle eight, if they're able to do the things that are authentically Clemson, i I think that there is some advantage to being there and doing that an experience edge that Clemson's gonna have so it's almost like I'm looking at it and if if lSU wins I kind of feel like LSU might blow them out I, I I think that there is definitely a scenario where lSU wins this game by 10 to 14 points uh maybe probably not 21 but 10, 14, 17 points. And it's just a coronation, a celebration. And when we're on CBS sports HQ, after the game, we're talking about how Joe Burrow just put together the greatest individual season in college football history. And this LSU team is going to go down as one of the greats. And and the storybook ending for the team of destiny is written, but let this game be close late into the game. I think that all of those intangibles break Clemson's way. So if you're going to give me five and a half, I'll take the tigers. See, L E M S O wave your hand around and
2: you can't spell Clemson without lose. That's right.
3: If this was a regular seat I mean, or not a regular season game, but if this was just like a, a game in a slate full of games, I I, I probably wouldn't play it. If that, that gives yeah. me so, so like to that. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't hate your pick. I, I you know, like it's, Yes, all that makes a ton of sense, and and so it's just sort of which side of this do you believe in more? Do you believe in the unflappable confidence, team of destiny mentality that this LSU team has possessed all year long? Do you believe in the been there, done that of Dabo Sweeney and the the sort of more folksy confidence that that this team always possesses that that typically wins out like e- either side of that you could you could play it so I, I, that that's that is a perfectly reasonable pick on my end too i, I don't I, I don't like the pick i don't like I, I don't i wouldn't play this game but it's uh if i gotta pick a side I'm, I'm i'm leaning on the team of destiny
2: yeah if this was the regular season this game's in the six pack is one of the games of the week but i'm not actually betting it with my own money
0: Coming up on the other side, our locks for the total and thoughts and maybe even locks on the props. Next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance Okay, so our over-under total is at 69 and a half. Uh, Tom said that there was one thoughtful analytical pick and one pick with his heart. So the thoughtful analytical pick, I'm guessing, was on the side. Barton, I'll let you lead the conversation on the total.
3: Well, I actually do kind of like a, the total play. And I like the under here. <laughs> and I like the under because I think a what I but I talked about how I do think this will be the biggest challenge, maybe not the biggest challenge that that uh, LSU's face because they did face Auburn. But if you remember that Auburn game, Auburn played basically three one seven. Yeah, it was like a it was like a seven or eight defensive back set um, all game long. Like never once did they even go dime. They went seven and eight DBs all game long. And so I think that Clemson is going to have the capabilities to to challenge LSU in similar ways schematically. I mean, our, their defense is already kind of like that sometimes. Um, and so I think that will be a challenge. I think that might slow LSU a little bit. But I also think just, again, Clemson's going to try to slow this game down. Like if this game gets into a, a ping pong match, a, a, a basketball game, that that doesn't serve Clemson well. And I think that Clemson, regardless of whether Clemson wins this game, I think Dabo Sweeney is a is is a good enough coach. His assistants are good enough coaches that there. I think Clemson will dictate the pace of this game. Um, and that might not be enough for Clemson to win, but I think it will be enough. For, for the game to be played more at the pace and the and the point total Clemson wants it to be played at. So I I actually, when I gave him my pick, I gave uh, 37 to 31 LSU wins, and that actually just barely hits the under. But I I think that, you know, the more I've sort of thought about it, the more I think it's, it, it's played a little lower than even that. Um, maybe 30 to 23, something like that. Um, but... Uh, so I'm 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 on the o, under, uh, and I think I'm, I think I might would play this in a in a regular season matchup.
2: Tom, I'm on the under, and this is actually the more analytical, logical thought than the heart. The heart just doesn't want to. But uh, no, this is the total's too high. It's plain and simple, and it's mostly that high because hey, there's a ton of public support on it, and <clears throat> a lot of that public support is the result of a lot of people tuning in and watching what LSU did to Oklahoma. But Clemson's defense is not Oklahoma's defense. It's it's a much much better defense. You know, the 23 points that Ohio State scored against Clemson nine months ago in the semifinals—that's the most points Clemson's allowed in any game all season long. Now, granted. It's also the best offense that Clemson had faced all season long, but that's a really good offense. During Before the semifinals, Ohio State was scoring more points per game than LSU's was, and Clemson was able to hold them to 23 points. Now, I don't think Clemson's going to stop LSU, as I discussed earlier. There, nobody stops this offense. I do think that they get some stops, though, and I do think that they slow it down, and I do think that if you are Clemson – Your best bet to win this game is not to be in a shootout. You're not going to be in a rush on offense. You're going to try to slow this game down a little bit to keep LSU's offense off the field. And I look at this as a situation where Barton's taking a 37 to 31 score, which I think is pretty accurate. I think that the first team, I think, you know, the winner of this game is going to have 35 points. Somewhere in there. 34, 35, 36, 37. And... I think that, that, you know, if that's the case, then the under 69.5 is very much the right play because I don't see this being a 38 35 game, a 41 38 kind of game, unless it gets to overtime. If it gets to overtime, we're all screwed here with our under because it's good luck to these defenses trying to stop these teams scoring from the 25 yard line. But I just think that the total in this is based more on what LSU did the public perception of their offense as of recently and then just you know the metrics do suggest that both of these are very good offenses so they would suggest a higher total as far as the points going to be scored it's but there are other factors at play like again there's been 10 months between games so both defenses have had time to prepare for these offenses it's not like the situation we'd seen in the past where there's only the week between games and you don't get as much time they're getting you know what is it 13 14 days 17 days
0: from the 28th to the 13th
2: yeah, so 16, 17 days to prepare. That's it's like both teams are getting more than a bye to get ready, and they're too good. Like I, I think that Clemson's coaching staff overall maybe has a slight advantage, but that's let's not overlook Clemson's staff. You know, Dave Aranda, not exactly a moron. Sure, so I feel like right, right, right. <laughs> these are two defensive coaches that you give them sixteen days to prepare for an offense. They can't solve them. But they could figure some things out and there's enough talent on both of these defenses to slow down the other team. So I just think that we could see a crazy, ridiculous, oh my God, we're going to talk about this game forever kind of shootout. But I also think that we're just going to see a very entertaining game that's not as high scoring as a lot of people want to believe it will be. So under 69 and a half for me.
0: Come on, come on, national championship game. You're throwing this thing up in the high sixties. Come on. Of course, we're taking the under. Absolutely. This is one of the best defenses in the country. It's a, it's a DB against DBU. Nah, now nah, I'm with you. Like overtime, definitely fearful. My my score that I submitted for our CBS Sports picks, which you can find on CBSSports.com, um, I think I'm at 34-31 or 35, 31, or something around there. But the, the the premise is the same. I don't think that in a game of this magnitude, when you've got the kind of preparation time set in between two elite teams. I mean, this is all season long. We've been talking about LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson as the three teams that are existing on a different tier than everyone else. We saw two of those teams play, and what happened? It was low scoring. And now we're going to see two teams play again. And I i mean, yes, of course, you're running the risk, taking the under of betting against Joe Burrow. Like he ain't going to I mean, he's not going to go put 63 on the board again. But Joe Burrow could Joe Burrow could lead this LSU offense to, to 40 pretty easily. 41, 42, there, there are definitely uh, three touchdowns per half in, in Joe Burrow's uh, body that, that could be sprung upon us all uh, on that Monday night in New Orleans. But I am I am very, very much on the side that when you've got this kind of heavyweight battle, we do have the feel each other out process. Um, I'm, a, I'm feeling good about that. And after our only... We had only one lock unity, a lot of lock agreements and a few lock fights throughout our uh, 2019-2020 bowl locks, but we only had one lock unity prior to this, and it was on Buffalo, and gentlemen, that cashed. So here's to lock unity trying to improve its juggernaut status uh, against the spread
2: overall. Also, If we want some history and trends in the title game, the first five years, the over is four and one, but the totals in that game that went over were 57 and a half, 45 and a half, 51 and a half, 53 and a half. In the original type of game between Oregon and Ohio state, the total was 72 and a half. that stayed under. If we look at the previous five games, the average total points scored in those five games has been 64 and a half points, but that is is skewed a little bit by that Alabama-Clemson the first time when it was 45-40. to That 85-point has skewed the average. If you look, Ohio State and Oregon had 62 points. Clemson-Alabama, the rematch, had 66. And then last year, Clemson-Alabama had 60. So, like, there's been point games where it gets to the 60s, but getting to 70, that's only happened once in five years, and that was one of those, you know, all-timer games between Alabama-Clemson that you're not likely to see again. So its history suggests that 69 and a half is going to be a little
3: too high there's also just the economics at play here we got f- like 5 million dollars worth of defensive coordinator annual salary <laughs> combined at this game yes i mean the market always wins right like this what what are they what are we paying these guys for if they can't keep it under 80
0: uh have you used that line yet
3: no no okay uh,
0: do you mind if – I mean, but, the list, listeners of the Cover 3 podcast can at least catch me on CBS Sports HQ using it and be like, man, he ripped that right from Barton. But I'll, nah, I'll just – you
3: man, you have my permission. Okay, I'll just <laughs> – I'll say that you
0: ghost wrote it. How about that? Shout out to it's, Dre. It works. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go uh, with, with a few props, see how we're feeling here. Uh, team totals, Clemson over under 31.5, LSU over under 37.5, the way that the, if I'm going to fall in line with my picks, I would be obviously going under for the team total for LSU. But I also wonder if, you know, forget any of my other, um, you know, trying to line it up. You know, even then, I think that if you are expecting, if you're expecting this to be a game where Clemson's going to have some kind of impact, 37 and feels really high for LSU and maybe even 31 and feels high for Clemson. But, um, like we, if, we're, if we're circling 35 in team totals, I feel like LSU minus 37 and a half would be one that I like.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- it's in line with all our picks.
3: I, I think under 37 and a half for LSU is a lot more appealing than under 31 and a half for Clemson. Uh, maybe that's an obvious thing to say, but I, I could see a lot of scenarios I where – Look, I think Clemson could win this game and win by a touchdown, and they, you know, it's 35 to 28 or something. Um, or I could see LSU win this game 42 to 37. And, you know, and so I, I think there's a lot of scenarios in which Clemson goes over 31 and a half. Um, and yet yeah, it's, it's, it is hard for me, even as good as LSU's offense has played all year, it's a little hard for me to just. Just, you know, hands 38 points to LSU on a Brent Venables defense. It's just a, that's a little bit hard for me to stomach.
0: First half spreads that you can go and get. LSU minus three and a half over under 35. Interestingly enough, I maybe like LSU here. Any thoughts?
2: Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, if. I'm taking a minus five and a half. I might as well take them to cover in the first half, too. I wouldn't lock it up, though.
3: <coughs> yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I I would probably still take LSU minus three and a half here, but I wouldn't play it.
0: Are uh, these, and those Those are pretty available pretty much everywhere. Um, you can go find these props at FanDuel, Joe Burrow passing over under 365 and a half. Trevor Lawrence passing over under 295 and a half. Any takers?
3: I'm locking did, up one. Okay. What did what did Lawrence pass for last game? Ooh.
2: Uh he passed for 259 yards.
3: And they're giving us what's the number for Lawrence? It's way, this, it's way it's way too, too high 295? for
2: Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. It, it
0: might be yeah. too high for Burrow too. I li, I like under on both of them
3: i'm
2: I'm on I'm locking up the under on Joe Burrow yeah on the season Joe Burrow is averaging three hundred and seventy two yards passing per game but now I don't want to burst anybody's bubble here but Burrow had the advantage of playing against a lot of bad pass defenses in the SEC now I know that people are like what the SEC the best defensive conference in the world um the average, pa- the average rank of the 13 FBS pass defenses that LSU faced in defensive passing efficiency this year was 67th. But that ranking is a little misleading because Alabama and Georgia, which were both top 10, kind of skewed it. They were the only two opponents that LSU faced that were even in the top 25. Eight of the L- of LSU's opponents finished in the bottom 50 in defensive passing efficiency. They faced five teams that were in the top 35. Alabama. Auburn Florida Georgia and AM. in those five games Joe Burrow averaged 341.6 yards per game which is still amazing <laughs> it's it's yeah. the reason the dude won the Heisman but it's a full 30 yards below where he was on the rest of the season and in the, against the eight bottom 50 teams He averaged 391 yards per game. So if we see, there's clearly been a situation where Burrow has still been better than everybody else, but he hasn't been quite as good as himself against better pass defenses like this Clemson defense he's going to face in the title game. So I'm not saying he's going to be like 50 yards under it or 100 yards under it, but I do think that Joe Burrow can finish in that 340 to 350 range here, which would be well under.
0: I like that.
3: Yeah, I would lean under on both those two. I wonder what the what's the do we, do we have a proper Trevor Lawrence rushing?
0: Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I think unfortunately like the the full Westgate sheet might not come out until Saturday maybe. We were recording here Thursday morning. It's I had to scramble to a couple different houses and even then only found a a couple uh per, but when when you find it, when it's uh widely available, it sure sounds like and you would go i guess Trevor Lawrence over for rushing
3: yeah pre- pre- presumptively I, you know without knowing what the number is obviously i don't know but like yeah i i think we're going to see a lot some some more of what we saw against Ohio state that would, that would be my assumption
0: i had to pick this on cbs sports hq and i the the one note that i added to my underplay for trevor lawrence is there the the like the fear, if, if not fear, but um, what you are, the one thing that could hurt you is Trevor Lawrence's short screen pass to Travis Etienne, whose track speed gets you like 70 yards on one play. Like that, right. that if, if we're just going snap by snap, pass mostly passes down the field to wide receivers, he's gonna hit some, he's gonna miss some. You know, there's gonna be some deflected. I, I don't think that he gets up to three hundred on that alone. <laughs> if Trevor Lawrence gets to three hundred, it feels like it it probably includes or maybe Amari Rogers, you could throw him in there too, but it it includes just sort of like a well scripted setup play. Where uh, a short pass to one of these just speedsters ends up running for a uh, for big yardage, but uh, I lean under on both. Tom's locking up Joe Burrow under. I'll add that. Yeah, let me uh, let me let me say. I'm on, I'm on my- oh, <laughs> kids were excited about that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, via BetMGM, the shortest touchdown, shortest touchdown of the game, over under one and a half yards. Under one and a half yards is juiced to the under for those who are concerned, minus 125. Woo. And then uh, the over is over, uh, it's minus 110. So over, under, one and a half yards for the shortest touchdown.
2: Yuck at the juice on both of those. Yeah. If if no thanks.
0: If you're going to give us minus 125, shouldn't you give us some plus value on the over?
2: You should. If this was a right and just world
0: well, we know that Uh, I don't I, I feel like I don't even see I don't see a lot of one yard touch touchdowns in this if that makes sense. It's almost like if there's two if they're two yards away, I think I like either team to be able to score. Like I don't I don't see LSU has a pretty good defensive line. Uh, Rashard Lawrence is, is really good. You know they're getting Michael Divinity back in this game. You know they've got some uh, they've got some stuffers up front that allow the linebackers and defensive backs to really fly around. But I kind of give advantage to the Clemson offensive line there. But at the same time, I give on the other side, uh, you know, Clemson's defensive line this year they've got. You know Xavier Thomas hasn't quite been the same since he returned from injury. Tyler Davis has done a good job of coming along during his freshman season, but they're not—they're not dominant up front. Certainly not like they were last year. So it's almost like even if it's at the two-yard line or the three-yard line, I don't know if I give either defense a chance to come up with a stop them at the one goal line stand. So I'd go over, even ignoring the the juice, though it will not be a lock. Yeah, <clears throat> agreed. And uh, and let's see. Longest touchdown over under 66 and a half.
2: Seems pretty long. That's a long touchdown. It's <laughs> a lot of yards. I'll take the under, although I hate the juice on this man.
3: These
2: <sighs> screw you books. <laughs> They're just,
0: hey, are are you really desperate? Like, are you really, really desperate to bet on these props? <laughs> Man. Are you willing to pay money to win or lose? Come on. Come on down. Uh I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 66 and a half is a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming that includes special teams touchdowns, but still. I just think that's that's a lot. I know. These are big play offenses, but I don't know. Eh, uh, I don't like anything. Not at this juice. Um, Minus Oh, 120 each. No, thanks. No- Go away.
0: Okay. Well, let's 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 wrap it up with one that is. I I will. How about this? Are we gonna? Would it count as a money line sprinkle then? If we want to lock up first turnover. Yep. Okay. First turnover, fumble is at plus one thirty. Interception is at minus one seventy, and no turnovers is at plus seven hundred. Am I gonna go no turnovers? No, I'm gonna go fumble plus 130.
2: Now, I do want to say one thing here for you maybe before you you, you confirm that. Um, <clears throat> using my you know my chaos rate metric, LSU's defense ranks 12th overall in chaos rate and Clemson's ranks fourth. But surprisingly, while they're both very good at getting tackles for loss and you know defending passes and causing havoc there, Neither is very good at forcing fumbles so far this year. As far as forced fumble rate, get this: LSU ranks a hundred and twenty-third in forced fumble rate this season, whilst Clemson's only ninety-first. So, you I think interceptions step. is a better play here.
3: So, so I'm, I'm, I kind of like the plus seven hundred value here. The no turnovers. Yeah, I kind of like it because what I mean. Trevor Lawrence, I mean turnovers lost. Clemson is twentieth. LSU is tied for eighth in the country, um, and most of those Clemson turnovers came in the first four games of the year or whatever it was when the you know everyone was piling on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I mean, we look. I, yes, there is. In a game like this, as wide open as it'll be, I'm not saying I expect there to be no turnovers, but look, you're getting 700, plus 700 value for it. Like, I don't know if that's like, I don't know the math on whether that's as much value as I should should need to, to play it, but it's tempting to me. So I think that Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow both are going to take care of the football. Um, and uh, Tom just helped me, Gain a little more confidence on the fumble situation, so yeah, I might just go plus seven hundred here.
2: All right, I will say though, pass defense rate, which is you know interceptions, broken up passes, all that fun stuff. LSU (laughs) ranks second; Clemson ranks tenth.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's where I could see honestly is uh, I could there's scenarios where I could see in particular. It's hard. It's just hard for me to imagine Joe Burrow turning it over as even as good as. Venables is. I mean, he did it to Tua last year. Um, Dude,
0: that pick six changed the game from the start.
3: Yeah, and that was all. That was all, sort of baiting him. Um, so they're going to have some tricks up their sleeves for for Burrow. He'll be challenged. But I also I, LSU's to have some ball. I mean, Derek Stingley. You know, if you're going to throw it up enough times to those guys on the outside, if Derek Stingley covered them. Then he might get one. So it's a risk for sure.
2: Do either of you want to to offer a guess on who the number one defense is as far as pass defense rate?
0: Ohio State.
2: No, they're seventh. It is a state though.
0: Michigan State.
3: No. Oregon
2: State. Nope. San Diego State.
0: Oh, oh. but they didn't score enough touchdowns for every for nope. attendance to be high. Rocky Long
2: retires. Brady Hoke. Uh, highest fumble force rate was Penn State. Gotcha. All
0: right, gents. I'll uh, I'll catch up with you all from New Orleans, and we will be crowning a national champion the next time we speak. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernello. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Sure.